0: It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again.
1: I'm your number one fan.
2: What have you done to its eyes? Here's Johnny.
1: Hi, Georgie. Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. The power of Christ compels you!
2: Hi, I'm Jackie, wanna play? Ah! Watch this, baby.
1: No,
0: just all animals, really. If you just give them the attention, they they come right to you. So if I brought a
1: wildebeest to your house, you would you'd be able to tame it almost instantaneously, domesticate the animal.
0: I it it, it might it might take some effort, it might take a few extra hands,
1: but I I, I think we could uh, get him feeding out of a bottle in no time. What does a wildebeest eat? I don't even know what they look like. Is that what Pumbaa is? Well, Winston, my golden retriever, gets along with
2: Nate really well anytime and that's because uh, it's a golden retriever comes by well it is everybody. it's like whenever like because uh nate saw uh winston or met winston when he was like a, a puppy like i did a photo mm-hmm. shoot when he was a puppy like pretty much the weekend oh. we got him uh it was that Nate came down with of all your photos that you took yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, photojournalism. and so anytime that he sees nate now he's like oh yeah I remember Nate like I want to box him like let's go let's go (laughs) so they literally have boxing matches it's insane Mm -hmm. honestly I go Winston I I never win I'm like over everything I'm with Winston in the kitchen and I point to Nate I'm like Winston kill and he just Fly straight <laughs> towards Nate and just
0: jumps up on him. <laughs> like, just imagine point? imagine those like oh, goofy so spoofs good. where like a dog attacks a person and they just flop right on the ground. That's yeah. basically what happens. And we yeah. get an all out like rack a rack of fist fight going on and stuff. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. Winston, it always ends with Winston putting one paw on my chest and I'm just like laying on the ground. <laughs> you have no oh, idea.
1: Winston always know. wins. And That's for some
0: like, reason, Spencer's outside gardening just. Yeah, oh. <laughs> Nate's eating here. rice cakes
1: and shit because he's a forty-year-old soccer mom. No, I you think John's Winston, Winston. Where's Nate? Rough,
2: but that was when he was very young.
1: <laughs> what <laughs> the fuck? I've met Winston so many times. You're You're talking like, only like once. I, really I met don't. him way more than once. What? Name another time. I don't remember. I feel like I saw him more recently, but maybe I just like I I, I dream about Winston sometimes because he's like well, you the should. best dog. Yeah. Well,
0: Spencer has picked I'm him sure up you during
1: did. the podcast before. Oh yeah. I feel <laughs> like when Spencer dies, he goes to dog heaven. I hope. Oh <laughs> my god. Because that's where he'd really want to be. Could you imagine? He's just at an open pasture with just puppies everywhere. And... Just
2: no humans. This is Sorry.
1: Spooktober episode
2: three. Uh, we made it three episodes in. Uh, if you don't include last year's annual spooktober that you probably you can't even find on the podcast feed anymore because initially we had to so, make no. room and so i had to delete old episodes before i was like you know what I have to do the hundred dollar membership to have the like unlimited uh podcast space so i yeah. we still have the files so maybe we can like re-release them sometime um, probably add it back
1: on there yeah somehow
2: yeah. um maybe towards the end of uh, october or sorry spooktober we can do that but this is episode three of uh, spooktober number two uh we had some interesting movies that were voted on in our poll at those movie dudes on Instagram. Uh the movie that won for me this week uh was a movie that I've been kind of wanting to see for a while now. Uh Nate has been praising this movie for a long time, so I was kind of glad that it was won- uh, that it
0: won. But it is The Reanimator. Uh, uh,
1: <clears throat> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I swear.
0: Yeah, you're not going to go to someone's house and be like, "Hey, you want to watch The Reanimator?" You just go, hey, you want to watch Reanimator?
1: No, what I about... feel like it should be called the Reanimator. It's I not the really Bride of do.
0: the Reanimator. It's Bride
1: of Reanimator. <laughs> no, it's the Bride of Reanimator. <laughs>
0: All right, I thought uh, I'm I... done. I'm done, and we're only ten, like fifteen minutes in. <laughs> well, room, anyways. Like four uh,
1: minutes in. <laughs> true for my for my movie this week uh we ended up watching the invasion of the body snatchers
0: my movie was guillermo del toro's the chronos all right let's talk about it Let's that one doesn't work because we're those movie dudes all right um even movies that have the at the beginning still needed the. oh the, the kissing the, the too, craft with joey king
2: <laughs> okay never mind no
0: um, no, nothing with Joey King
2: <laughs> Okay um, Which movie would you guys want to get into first I have one movie that I would not like to talk about first though so i hope it's, that's a good
1: question spencer um
0: this was one of my favorite weeks so i'm happy to talk about anything i'm thinking invasion of the body, the snatchers.
1: invasion of the body snatchers though Ooh. that's where i'm leaning invasion the, of the body the snatchers. that's fine yeah we can we can hop into my film hop into good prefer. old 1970s donald sutherland's yeah uh, hop back to the late Brooke 70s years yeah, we'll get to that. You don't have to name off the whole cast. Let me do something. Anyways, <sighs> my film this week was Invasion of the Body Snatchers of 1978. It came out around Christmas time that year. So can you imagine going to the theaters and seeing this with your family? Oh, spooky, spooky, spooky. No thanks. Uh, nope. When strange seeds drift to Earth from space, mysterious pods begin to grow and invade San Francisco, California. Why does everything bad always happen in San Francisco? Um, I don't think where they replicate does. the Very residents silly. into emotionless autonomous. No, automatons. That's what that word is. And I don't know how to pronounce it. That's what they call it. <laughs> I don't <them>. know, John. <laughs> <Automatons, Just> keep... <laughs> automa- one body yeah. at a time. Yeah. So basically this does uh, this, you know, this, this creature, but it's, it's a plant somehow gets through the earth's atmosphere um, and just start turning, cloning people. And I'm assuming they want to take over the world or something. Um, But we got Leonard Nimoy in here. We got uh, Donald Sutherland, Brooke Adams, Jeff Goldblum in his prime looking. Uh, But yeah, this is always a movie I kind of just I knew existed, but uh, never, never actually checked it out. But finally, thanks to Spooktober. Thanks to you guys approving it. We have Invasion of the Body Snatchers. But Nate, you've seen this before. I have seen it in pieces before. Oh, perfect! Yeah, right, so this is like your first viewing all the way through. Yes, because the first time it's was fantastic.
0: a sophomore in high school. I remember the end specifically mm-hmm. because it was actually kind of shocking back when I was sixteen. So that if that says anything, the mm-hmm. uh, oh. horror genre can sometimes fail as far as sequels go. A remakes. A remake, yes, yes, remake. Sorry, this one I think knocked it out of the park compared to the original one, and I thought the original one was amazing too. Um, I liked how they switched it up a little bit and made it its own thing without being like feeding off of what happened in the one from the 50s. It was cool to see it in a big city this time instead of a more small community like the original one takes place in. This one takes place in San Francisco, it's cities. Lots of people. So when you have that feeling that the people around you aren't who they say they are in a city filled with hundreds of thousands of people, that's kind of terrifying. You got into Donald Sutherland and Brooke Adams mindset where you just couldn't almost from the get go. You couldn't trust anybody, anything or yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that was that was also one of my flaws that I found with it. A lot of the movie was spent running a lot. I wish it built up more to what it could be but i thought the performances were great i remember jeff goldblum from when i saw it way back in the day but seeing him now and seeing all these other like leonard nimoy like you said and mm-hmm. i don't remember what the girl's name is but it was jeff goldblum's fiance or wife The blonde, the blonde th- yeah woman. she was an alien and stuff um i don't Veronica remember what Hunt, her name right. was Yes yeah, her. Cartwright. Yes, she's also awesome. And so I remember her reaction because it was a genuine reaction. That shot and the whole uh alien coming out of the stomach scene and alien where she like reacts and gets blood sprayed on her. Those were genuine reactions. She didn't know what was going to happen. She didn't know what was going <laughs> really? on with the story, so they were genuine. Um so I give it that, but it just it was just easy to watch
1: just cuz i'd seen the original. Yeah, what about you, Spencer? This is is this your first time seeing this movie for the most no. part?
2: No. Uh I watched this Ooh. uh back, I don't know, 3 or four, uh 2 or 3 years ago. It was I remember thinking it was okay. I remember not really enjoying it that much, but I honestly it, it was due for a rewatch. Uh and I do own the Blu-ray, so I just popped that in the other night. Oh. Uh nice. so that was fun to revisit on Blu-ray. I've come to the conclusion that I like this movie, but I don't love this movie. Um, and I think Nate hit it on the head on one of the reasons on why I don't love the movie too much is that it is revealed a little too early about what's going on and about just like them in like the pods and their cloning. I mean, it don't get me wrong, the cinematography, uh, Michael Chapman is the DP of this and he actually just passed away recently, but he's a legendary DP and he shot the hell out of this movie. The camera work in this movie is phenomenal. And like, it's very like thrilling. It adds that extra level of tension and suspense that it needs because anytime you see like the possessed people like walking in the street being kind of like zombie like figures and they're like hissing si- sounds as the camera like slowly mm. pushes in on their face as their eyes like widen and stuff. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like it is like really creepy. The health ex- experts like investigating and trying to, and figuring it out. Just it wasn't that interesting to me, and especially with the, the rewatch. And so everything that had to do with like uh basically, like the town being possessed, it was very interesting. uh I just wish they kind of explored it I don't know maybe in a different way or maybe in a way that was more suspenseful or like uh consistent in the tones but i i I don't know there were times where I was like honestly just like kind of bored.
1: I think uh Nate mentions how the original was kind of in like a small town lower budget uh but you know not seeing the original um I can see how this would be kind of maybe a step up with the the grander scale of how everything's going on it seems like this whole kind of zombie apocalypse is breaking out um maybe kind of reminds me of like world war z when people are initially seeing how people are acting different or maybe uh you know the beginning of the walking dead type deal i will agree with you guys that people do figure it out a lot quicker than maybe they should and then most of the movie is just the chase and then convincing um, them or trying to get people to believe it kind of thing. Right. And then of court... Well, no, I don't want to spoil it, but I was going to say, if the people that are trying to help, I think it's predictable what they turn out to be, I guess. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? I don't... Yeah. Um, I do have
0: a fun fact about one of the scenes in this movie. Like, remember when the guy runs up to the car and he's all hysterical yep. going, you're in danger, yeah, yeah. that guy and that actor at the end of the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers, is in the middle of the street going, turn around, you're all in danger. Oh, really?
1: In the
2: 50s oh, movie?
0: Cool. Yeah, oh, so it kind of sure, ties in there,
1: and seeing some of those little hints was kind of cool, see, but really continue, cool. Jonathan. Yeah, I could see those little Easter eggs would be good on a rewatch for a you know, horror guy like you. Uh, mm. But yeah, I think the acting was good. I think the the practical effects were pretty much 99% practical effects, at least from what I noticed, is i guess the prosthetics and stuff when they were making the the clones of people were really well done like the whole kind of creepy fibery substances that were growing on people it was gross and weird and um i was definitely unsettling and i think that just the the clones themselves were definitely like i was was a little freaked out when they were chasing people you know they kind of sprinted they they made the chase exciting and tension filled and um, almost like was... 28 days later in a way it reminded you me of see that the too. shadows
0: of those people kind of running
1: through the tunnels it just added and it's genuinely terrifying because not yeah. only are they they're not just like mindless zombies like they're they kind of know what they're doing where they can use helicopters and police cars and like they're gonna find you and shit so yeah, I I think that whole concept was 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 explored very well. Mainstream actors in there. You got Jeff Goldblum, you got young Donald Sutherland and his from his M night Clute days, right? <laughs> from his Clute days. Much better film than Clute, I have to say. Um yeah, definitely. And if you, but, for those of you who've seen Don't Look Now, it's better than Don't Look Now. Sweet. Well, yeah, I I really I was Donald
0: surprised really like this and-
2: one. This may be a controversial take.
0: You think he's kind of stale, don't you? Yeah. He's a little... Emotionless?
2: Yeah. Like, doesn't really look like he wants to be there, but yet he's like, I do got to get paid, and I will do the best that I, like, can do. And, like, I'll... Well, maybe not that, but, like, I'll do just enough for you you think he yeah. just like
1: kind of plays himself a little bit yeah. where he's just he's, he's like he almost plays a clone of himself we have a great movie.
2: idea but you have to shave the mustache <laughs> he's like all right see you later gone out the door <laughs> yeah, yeah so yeah. I, I mean like, i don't know what the deal is i'm just kind of like speculating here but like <laughs> nope he's always nope. kind of a dick too like <laughs> it's he, in my
1: contract yeah plays a health <laughs> inspector which nobody likes in the in, life or in any films like, the health inspectors always just made up. Like he I, I said this being. in the
2: Clute Podcast. He's just kind of aloof. And in a way he kinda is the same <laughs> in this movie as well. But then again, he is a good actor. Like I will I will give him the credit that uh, he does deserve. Um
0: I do think he had an emotional range in this one though, especially with the whole uh, Elizabeth character, Brooke Adams character. And when you see him with these different people and the way he reacts to like her. Sure. In a way, there is like a specific scene I am trying to hint at you guys without spoiling it. I got gotcha. um, you. Yeah, yep. Where you see the emotion in his face yeah. of what's oh, yeah, it's what iconic. is essentially it's set in with the, uh... um yeah, but it, it and still like even now I can appreciate the end because we know. But if you didn't pay attention the first hour and thirty five minutes, then you wouldn't understand it. But then once it all kind of plays out, you are like, oh. Yeah. What really happened in the time from this scene to this scene, and it just kind of it leaves a void that's just kind of mysterious, and I kind of like it like that. Yeah. Now I feel like
1: I'm missing something. I mean, now if, I feel. Like oh, you're not. Is, I don't, no, you're not. So. You're not. Okay. Yeah, but it does. No,
0: okay.
2: it's, it doesn't make you think. Um, no,
0: it's it's more or less just like you see them in one place and then. You get the revelation at the end, but then you just kind of wonder how it happened. But I don't think it really needs it because it's so shocking. You just kind of accept it, but I'm not going to get any more into it because then I'll have a slip of the tongue.
2: Now, having seen this movie, though, it does kind of remind me of uh, the Edgar Wright movie, The World's End just like a little bit with like the town being like these like i haven't seen it okay it's interesting like i said i think the cinematography really just saves this movie for me because i love the way that the camera flowed during this movie and it was basically uh, adding the tension and the suspense for it as well um and yeah i love the practical effects it was definitely gross kind of some body horror um but just it had some weak pacing in my mind in my opinion at times uh, and yeah, like we said, I think they just, they figured it out a little too early, uh, and some of like the, uh, suspense is lost that could have been retained. So I'm going to go fresh still. I'm going to go three out of five. It's still a good movie, but I don't love it. Like anyone else uh, seems to love it.
1: Oh, this I didn't. One of those uh, like, uh, just wait, critically, just just wait. like acclaimed horror films, like yeah, best well, films of the all time or
2: something more highly acclaimed that has a 98%. This one was still, it's still claimed to be like one of the best remakes of all time. Uh, it's got a ninety-three okay. percent. So I mean, it's still pretty high. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's pretty high. Yeah, that's pretty high. What about you, Nathan? It's just, it's for me, it's the feeling that
0: you can't trust anyone, and that's one of those nightmare feelings that I get. Like sometimes, if you are having a dream where the people around you won't do anything. If that Mm. makes sense. And they make you feel crazy. Um, And that's kind of like a, I would say, maybe like a personal secret fear of like going into a place with a bunch of people that I know, but they don't know me kind of thing. And it's. Something like about that is just kind of off putting. I thought this movie was fantastic. Um Donald Sutherland is a little flat, but I've gotten used to him as a character actor just doing these kind of specific things. But he had a great cast around him that I think really helped, like Leonard Nimoy being very convincing. As this high-powered, very well-known author, psychiatrist, psychiatrist. And guy.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: and then having those side characters like Brooke Adams, I love Days of Heaven. Um, oh, that's right, yeah, she was the, in Days of Heaven. Mm-hmm. And familiar. then the the girl who played. Uh, Jeff Goldblum's wife again. Sorry, I forgot what her name was again. Oh, uh, Veronica Cartwright. Yeah, is that right? Okay, yeah, yeah, she was awesome, and she was great in Alien too. So I'm giving this one a four and a half out of five. It's definitely a worthy, worthy remake. The original one's fantastic. Like it's it's got
1: all the same fears, but with the more campy. 50s feel pretty uh respectable grades especially from uh from nate here but yeah for this being a first time watch i think that i was pleasantly surprised i think i uh it, it is about a two hour film almost on, on the cusp of two hours um i think maybe they either cut out 20 minutes or they could use that 20 minutes to kind of input some exposition or something to kind of make this film have a little more substance to it in terms of like why this is happening, where these things are coming from, or some sort of explanation as to what the hell is really going on other than, Oh, all these humans are acting different. This is weird. We need to run away and not fall asleep or something like Mm -hmm. that. So maybe make it less of a more, maybe more science fictiony as opposed to straight up just horror. I feel like this Mm -hmm. would be a cool science fiction uh, concept, but Overall, it w- it was really fun. I I think it's it's a fine film, and uh, Donald Sutherland is he's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> he doesn't blow me away or anything, but uh, you know, it was a good time. So I give this uh, three and a half out of five stars. Um, uh,
2: but yeah, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It is on Amazon Prime. So if you have an Amazon Prime membership, uh, or if you or don't, your mother does. Yep, or exactly. it to your mom's account or your aunt's. Uh, who who cares? Okay. Well, mm. since I chose the First movie we talked about. You guys, uh, Nate, do you have a movie that you would like to talk about next?
1: Um, Nocturne with Sidney Sweeney and The Lie with uh, Joe We can
0: talk about my movie. Okay. Fuck it. Fuck it. We'll talk about Cronos. Guillermo del Toro. Mm, John, this is my time. Oh, my bad. Um, Guillermo del Toro, directed by... Oh, whoops. Sorry, wrong order. Um, Cronos, (laughs) directed by Guillermo del Toro, 1993 94-minute trailer. Oh, I don't have to read this off Letterboxd. Um, but yeah, it's a little movie. It's kind of a weird adaptation of a vampire film. It's Guillermo del Toro's version of what a vampire might be. Um, it's just a little story about a antique shop owner and his granddaughter, Aurora, and this mysterious pennant-type device That was created by an alchemist in the 1500s to possibly be able to prolong life. And it falls into the hands of this antique shop owner and it gets kind of gruesome. And we've got Ron Perlman in there who can speak English and Spanish. So it's kind of awesome. Um, And I've never seen a vampire movie. I say vampire just because I've seen some documentaries about this movie on like lists. How was this a vampire
1: movie? Um because of the immortality of it i mean kind of the
0: immortality the the aging the possibly rotting away the needing blood to survive kind of thing um got you
1: the thirst for blood deal
0: yeah and this had a personal touch from uh, del toro's personal life as well but jonathan this was a spanish-speaking film with With There were some entirely English conversations in there, but it was Guillermo del Toro's first film. So what did, what what did you think of
1: this? This had a lot of practical effects as well. It did. Yeah. Honestly, all the movies we watched this week were full of very well done practical, which del Toro did himself. He made the practical effects.
0: Yeah. He started his own special effects company in Mexico and, and he did the effects for his movies and other people's movies To get the funds to shoot Kronos. And then after Kronos was a huge success, he shut shut down the shop. And then he went on to do... Shape of Water. Of course, Pan's Labyrinth, Shape of Water, Devil's Backbone, Pacific Rim. Spencer. Hey. Little Del Toro. Best director, best picture. What do you think? Like, what did you think about this little movie? Yeah, so...
2: um he has the like Criterion trilogy out where it's Pan's Labyrinth, The Devil's Backbone and Chronos. I own The Devil's Backbone on Criterion the standalone edition. I own Pan's Labyrinth on 4K through Apple iTunes and yet I don't own Chronos whatsoever. So unfortunately I'm going to have to uh bite the bullet and just buy the uh the Criterion trilogy pack when Sam. If, November, if, if November even happens with the flash sale if it's 50% off in November. I think that's a it must They did it in July. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to buy any standalones. I'm going to buy the trilogy pack because all of them are magnificent movies. Um, I was engaged from start to finish with this movie. It's 87 minutes. That's when the first credit rolls. So it's a very quick wa- uh, watch. And it, yeah, it was a very interesting take on a vampire story with this device that could somehow make you live forever. But... With that, you're always thirsty, and you don't know why. I mean, I love that scene with him, like, chugging that water. It's a little interesting that Ron Perlman just comes out of nowhere and, like, can speak English and obviously Spanish, and he's, like, this, like, hit man for, the, for his uncle who is, like, slowly dying. That was an interesting storyline that maybe I didn't expect ha- had to see happen, but still, even so, I was very engaged with this movie, and I loved the performances, especially the old man. Uh, the grandfather i think he was phenomenal and yeah i just thought this one was just a really really good movie and uh, i enjoyed watching it
0: yeah um... ron perlman was in a completely different movie yeah i think why i feel like he was supposed to be like in a he was supposed to be a bond villain and just walked onto the wrong set and they were just like oh say your same exact lines but in spanish and he's like Okay. Well, no, I,
2: I was Ron- like he would, like, show up, and, like, he'd start shooting his, like, this scene, and then all of a sudden, off-camera, Guillermo was just like, no, is this is a Spanish movie. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, and then he starts speaking Spanish. <laughs> <I'm> like, fuck.
0: <laughs> but he just left it together because it just worked. He was funny. It's Like, I never buddies. thought of his character as a bad guy. He was just like... the the henchman for this bigger villain but he's just like a thug
2: just like fucking like crazy like that yeah like the bond villain like it was weird but yet still i was like whatever i (laughs) I rolled with it i was it was so fun to watch
1: he was missing a fat cigar in his mouth the whole movie though um but yeah no this this movie was was definitely different i i see the vampire comparisons but it's not like he doesn't go out of his way to suck people's blood it's not like it's not like that, right? Well, no, like a... I
0: like I said, it's a weird it's an, it's
1: a, variation. Yeah, it's
2: a take on a vampire story. It's not necessarily but it's like, vampire. I'm a bat and I'm no, gonna suck your no. blood and like bite your neck. No, it's more it's...
0: or less the the undead live forever. I can only live off it's this. The, the sun yeah, hurts yeah. and I have to sleep in a box kind of thing. Right, yeah. cuz they
1: do there is a, a time where he does actually go into a coffin. Um oh, but yeah. yeah. Well, it's just a trunk. <laughs> yeah i kind of i think i thought it was interesting how he like worked together with his granddaughter mm-hmm. throughout all yeah. of this and she kind of just like becomes his tag team like sidekick to take out the bad guys and stuff for whatever reason um but and for me that's watching what, him kind of go yeah. ahead
2: i was gonna say to add on and for me that's what guillermo del Toro uh, does, so does so well is like he always he always has that like emotional like uh connection with the audience with with his stories like he always knows how to like tug on your heartstrings even if his stories are like the weirdest most bizarre movies in the world you still feel so emotionally connected to the characters and i think he just does such a great job doing that
0: you know why he did that so well in this one why is that Cause he said specifically that this story between a granddaughter and her grandfather, he wrote this based on the relationship that he had with his grandmother growing up because she had gotten really sick and was bedridden for years. Yeah. Um and eventually passed away so the whole thing of them working together is even though he is decrepit isn't necessarily alive or dead she still accepts him for who he was and who he is and so that adds that sweet that tenderness to it as well as kind of a gothic horror but you got a sweetness to this movie that that Aurora was fantastic at she didn't even have to say much I think she said like 10 words the whole
1: movie and they were all at the end and she yeah, just did everything was
0: with pathos in her eyes side. and yeah and that's yeah, the know, great like, thing
1: about it the effects were amazing but watching his uh, transformation was which is kind of a theme with spooked over films watching people transform into you know vampires or werewolves but his transformation was done incredibly well through the character and also through the prosthetics just watching him slowly change over the course of the film was really well done so um, you gotta appreciate a film for that. Um I think the story itself, maybe it just wasn't something that I completely latched onto. I kind of liked how they they tied in like this ancient relic from five hundred years ago. They opened it up with this whole exposition deal with kind of where it came from, and I was into that, so mm-hmm. yeah, I think there are enough interesting story elements to weave everything together that i uh, definitely uh I definitely like this one overall. so.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that did really well with like human connection and stuff because it showed how much the grandfather with this item wanted to be younger. He wanted to see his granddaughter grow up. He didn't want to be just the old shop owner. But I think essentially the point of the story, which I think his granddaughter was kind of the key point to it, is that you don't have to change who you are. To make, uh, to please other people, you just have to be you, kind of thing. And I think that's kind of accepted towards the end, because he realizes, like, oh, we've gone through all this, but I'm still me. One of the only horror movies that can take good morals and teach you a lesson from it, I guess. And I mm. think that's why Del Toro is just, he's one of the greats. He's one of the great directors of our time. A Del Toro movie is almost its own genre. Four and a half out of five for me.
1: Sweet. I don't think for me I can have as high praise as you guys. I didn't. I guess I didn't have as an emotional connection. Um, but I will agree that Del Toro really knows how to bring out the best in his actors and the characters. Um, Shape of Water really showed that because I fucking love that movie with Sally Hawkins. Mhm yes, yeah, was just amazing, and like she didn't even talk in the movie, and having her fall in love with this monster, I mean it was really well done, so uh, but this one i I really think the concept was was well executed, and prosthetics were really well done, and yeah, it was just an interesting movie, um, but I don't think I was like blown away with it, but I think it was still really well done, so um, I would go three and a half out of five for this okay. film
2: and have you seen
0: okay. Pan's Labyrinth?
1: no. Ooh! Wow. I've not. Well, okay. Not good, seen thing good thing you're. Good thing
0: you're watching these Del Toro movies because he tells these stories in such a unique way through almost like you're watching a fairy tale through a child's eyes. Yes. And yes. seeing this world kind of play out like a storybook. And a you just. Room. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, probably one. Blade Two. That movie is um, just a twelve-year-old's mind. Like that's literally just the <laughs> movie. <laughs> yeah robots and aliens
2: fight
0: like monsters we're doing it but but del toro just takes so much of his own personal loves and his fears and his personal backstories like his oscar speech was him thanking the monsters because he became friends with them as a child and he's never looked back so it's like you want a guy like that directing a movie like this because you know he cares And he always, like, people would be like, oh, you're going to get stuck in the horror genre. And he's come out and said, I've spent my entire life wanting to be a horror genre director, so keep it coming kind of thing. So if you want a creature feature done and you want it to have heart... And possibly win Best Picture. Guillermo del Toro's your guy. So I'm matching Spencer's four and a half out of five with a rewatch. Boy. It could be a five out of five. Just because it had that childlike wonder to a creature. And it had a mysticalness to it. As well as like that tenderness, I was kind of saying. Just this love between a grandfather and granddaughter. Yeah. And, the, and this is
2: one of the last uh, movies that I hadn't seen from his filmography. So, like, I'm pretty familiar with his style. Uh, so mm-hmm. seeing him, like, honestly, kind of going backwards and going, like, to his roots is, like, this is a this is his debut uh, directing.
0: I believe so. He might have done some, like, smaller stuff before yeah. this. But I think this was, like, one, like, he's his just, first bigger budget movie. He's just
2: a fantastic filmmaker. And um, it's on HBO Max, and it was kind of inaccessible. So that's kind of part of the reason why we, I hadn't seen it yet. Um, so I'm glad that we finally watched it. And, yeah, it's um it's a great movie.
0: He seems like like the nicest guy That's to be heard. around very nice. on set to just like I'm excited for his next
2: movie Nightmare Alley. Uh it's got a yeah. big cast. This was
1: his first like feature length by the way. Yeah. Okay, that um, he, he did, did his films effects before, but... um, yep. Yep. he's Del Toro. He's the man. Fantastic. Very unique filmmaker and then I I really pan, freaking Pacific Rim is just out of left field. It's like his the twelve-year-old's wet dream of a movie. I but, mean, that's uh,
0: what it is. Um, it, it's Crimson, it's Peak like was it's also, kaiju's yeah. fighting and stuff like that. So there's that yeah. fantasy aspect, but it was just kind of over cool, the top though. action kind of stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. I kind of want to rewatch Crimson Peak. I think it, that yeah, one just kind of went under the make radar. It want
2: to rewatch Crimson Peak because they marketed that as such like a horror movie, mm-hmm. but it really it wasn't. is. It's just like a romance movie, it's like a gothic. Mm-hmm. Romance it's a gothic type romance movie, too. exactly. So yeah, I do definitely want to rewatch
1: that. Did we all go and see that in theaters in? Bangor. I saw it in Bangor. Did I see it with you guys? I'm not sure. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't
0: care for it when
1: I saw it. I feel like we all walked away being like Tom "Eh." Hiddleston, Mia Wasikowska, Jessica Jessica Chastain. Chastain. Great cast. Doug Jones who plays uh, the
0: monster. He's the ghost that like red one that like yeah. Anyways, um yeah, so anyway, uh yeah.
2: Out. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Reanimator. This came out in 1985. It is actually unrated. This doesn't even have an MPAA really? official that's rating. True. Uh so that's interesting. Um but no, this is one that I've always wanted to see. I've heard that this is just a very fun kind of 80s horror movie. Uh one that I obviously need to check out. Um and figure, hey, it's Spooktober. Perfect time to check it out and it, it won the poll. Um, But yeah, so the plot is, after an odd new medical student arrives on campus, a dedicated local and his girlfriend become involved in bizarre experiments centering around the reanimation of dead tissue. Very interesting plot, kind of like a Frankenstein-esque story. Very much so. But yeah, so uh, John, you watched the reanimator, obviously, because you had to
0: uh what did you think of this bizarre little uh can't be mm. funness? seeing how yeah. you had to walk away from green inferno let's <laughs> right. see how uh well
1: this doesn't have any cannibalism so that you there's it's a very niche yeah, but market someone did of horror take films that a cat that and, and throw it me. against
2: a wall and i mean you are a cat person okay
1: i'll i'll tell you why that didn't bother me because it was obviously not real um, exactly but... like ginger snaps <laughs>
2: didn't bother me that they killed like 17 dogs but you know what it's
1: fine yeah but they don't show it as much I feel like they don't because the cat is like they straight up just show as it's like it's back is fucking split (laughs) open bleeding everywhere it's like obviously that's fake I've had stuffed animals that look (laughs) more realistic than that sure (laughs) yeah but no i think uh you know it definitely has some some frankenstein vibes some pet cemetery vibes yeah this was definitely one of those horror movies again one of those classic movies i needed to check out but this one was balls to the wall fucking insane and i'm not surprised that it doesn't have a rating because it's it's very graphic it has a lot of nudity in it because for the most part it takes place in morgues and hospitals and stuff so i guess that makes Makes sense but uh it was it was just fucking wild dude and intense and crazy for the most of the entire movie watching this one dude just kind of get obsessed with the whole concept of bringing things back to life and forcing these this other guy to go along for the ride
2: it was fucking crazy okay (laughs) interesting mainstream boy seems pretty positive on a film from the 80s nate i believe you own this on blu-ray uh you possibly had seen it before uh how was
0: Mm -hmm. it revisiting reanimator this time around it was quite the delight um i've actually been looking up trying to upgrade my blu-ray of it does it have a 4k
2: or like an Arrow release it, or it's got anything? an
0: Arrow release of it um probably like 30 bucks that
2: oh not bad All right. yeah it's a company that puts out select titles on
0: blu-ray this herbert west jeffrey combs the guy who plays herbert west is just so awkward and weird no one else could play this character no one. And it was just awesome seeing this quirkiness in an eighties horror movie. Like it reminded me a lot of uh Peter Jackson's Dead Alive. It had that kind of gritty Ooh. corniness to it, but it was also yeah. very funny sometimes. Like coincidentally funny for some of the well, things dude, that it, happened. I mean,
2: all the stuff with uh, the decapitated head and he was just walking (laughs) around like carrying his like his own head trying to instruct his body where to go like it like if you look this up on imdb the first genre is comedy then it goes mm-hmm. horror. <laughs> and it really? is. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Yeah.
0: It, it's funny. It is. And they, uh, the producer, Brian Usna, said that the only reason it's so funny is because they were laughing while shooting it because they all this stuff was happening, like the head falling down, and then he had to put the spike down so it would, like, stay there. Like, all of that was just kind of ad lib because it was stuff that was actually happening on set. But it was just awesome seeing practical effects again and just going... Over the top. I, I can see why it's a classic now and why people always said, oh, you need to watch Reanimator, watch it. It's grown on me. Um, it has that Frankenstein aspect, but it's its own thing. Um, it has a gothic feel to it with, like, a, either not graveyards per se, but just basements and furnaces and old laboratories you get that kind of hammer feel like hammer films like the frankensteins and the draculas and whatnot you get that feeling but it's updated with the 80s like the 80s up-and-coming stars like barbara crampton and jeffrey combs went on to do a few other reanimator movies but i had a blast this it was just fun i just was able to slip right into it and just kind of shut off all the senses and just watch a bunch of like intestines get thrown at people
2: yeah <laughs> it was seriously. just fun a lot of that happens no this yeah no i agree this movie was just a lot of fun it was wild it like i didn't expect this movie to be as funny as it was uh and even the guy what's his name i'm sorry you said it like three times
0: oh herbert west dr west herbert
2: West, dr west just his character was so over the top and crazy but yet like you couldn't take your eyes off of him because he was just so eccentric and just nuts and just was like so obsessive with his research and like what he was gonna do and he constantly, even though he knows he shouldn't do it, he always like well <laughs> maybe I'll just stick it in one more time and like, well that sounded weird but like maybe I'll just inject it <laughs> one more time and like we'll, well we regenerate that the point they like no, there's don't no do going it. back though <laughs> Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? Like
1: it came to the point where okay we've Literally just fucked up this entire hospital. There's blood everywhere. If anybody walks in, they're gonna blame us for this. So yeah, let's. Just we have to just keep doing <laughs> this many people. Yeah. yeah, he just.
0: It was, it was funny, funny because every time they're walking in the hospital and you see like a dead body on like a gurney or something, you always would see him just like look over his shoulder, and it always the gears <laughs> so were turning weird. where he's like, ooh. Yeah. And it, he does it a lot in *Bride of ReAnimator* too, where he's like looking at parts, going, "Do you I think could he use that?" Cat? Oh, don't of course.
1: Of, you think the cat died from the jar that it suffocated no, in? I'm no, sure, no, I'm sure. i
2: sure he, he was. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he, I almost he had believed him. Plans. I was like,
1: "That's a reasonable explanation. Maybe that happened." No, he he was too defensive to not have killed the cat.
2: <laughs> but that other yeah. guy,
0: his roommate, like the guy who was, uh, like kind of Daniel Kane,
2: of the movie, like he was, yeah. He should he should have just like let him be from like get like warning sign number one red flag number one should like, never have let shit. him in yeah. the house but he constantly was by his side like you know what yeah like I'll help you I'll help you get out of situation. the situation like oh yeah you need some help no. like let me come help I'm like dude. Leave them alone. Get the fuck out of there. Like, Watch Bryan Life in the it's, matter
0: of like a few days. Yeah, it's it gets better as they go because it's like eight months after the events of the first one and oh, the stuff. Cool. So okay. it's it's funny, but this this first one it had a good like a cliffhanger to me just where you weren't sure what was going to happen. And it had one of those like freeze frame moments that I think Francois Truffaut made it really famous where he would do freeze frames of the moments that were like pivotal in the movie where like at the end of this one, where it just kind of shows that moment, the color fades and then credits start rolling. So it's like, it made me so eager to watch the second one. I literally, the next day I was like bride of reanimator Amazon Prime and Play and Oh cool. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it was good. You liked it? Awesome. It it's, it's almost nice. like uh like Halloween and Halloween 2 where it's like you could attach it like a puzzle piece and just have like a super yep. long movie. That's okay. basically
1: what it feels like. Well, um yeah, yesterday was a big movie day for me i watched invasion of the body snatchers reanimator and then finished it off with nocturne with sydney sweeney so ew yeah <laughs> Not I, I, I put movie. your movies first <laughs> i was like if i'm gonna watch these movies i need to watch you know the classics before i let sydney sweeney take over we appreciate life. it well i didn't <laughs> realize I
2: that this was a hp uh, lovecraft uh story mm-hmm that was interesting uh well he did the color out of space which was the Nicolas cage movie that came out this year which is ludicrous um like lovecraft country but he's a very sci-fi um author and he was i mean i've heard he's a very like racist dude and not a really great guy but then again he's created (laughs) some of these properties that have been very interesting and explored in pop culture um, mm-hmm. so it was fun to finally watch Reanimator and see what the hype is all about, and it's definitely a very fun movie. I did enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, before I grade it, though, John,
1: mainstream boy, whoa, that's me, that's you. How'd you feel about this one? What, what What are your final thoughts on Reanimator? Um, I was again with with all these movies this week, very pleasantly surprised. Um, I think that I maybe I just have a thing for eighties movies because they just they really go out of their way with the practical effects because especially with horror movies, to make them look as real as they possibly can. And also they have the comedic elements. They just end up being really fun. Um, I think the main guy, just watching him just be this insane mad scientist, um, obsessed with creating the serum to bring the dead back to life, was, was just was just a great time. And I, I enjoyed it for the most part. The cat dying didn't bother me as much as you would have thought. <laughs> uh, now that I think about it, maybe it should have. But uh you know maybe in a 2020 film the cat would have looked more realistic but no i i think it i think it was just ended up being crazy balls to the wall fun and uh more than i expected i expected more of like a serious type film but not so much so uh three and a half again out of five that's been a very common grade for me over the last couple weeks more than Mm. fresh but not quite like up there it's a stellar level of film i guess okay
2: Alright, okay. interesting.
0: I know that I am giving this movie a four and a half out of five because it is just balls-to-the-walls fun and just something about the green reagent. It just kind of adds an element of just sci-fi-ness, I guess, if that makes sense. Just this the green ooze of that kind of Yeah, like it looks like, it looked like the green ooze time. from Ninja Turtles too. Oh, yeah, um, in the syringe. But hmm but yeah it's just these characters were so corny and just like stereotypical over-the-top 80s characters but just jeffrey combs made this movie awesome because he was just like everything that would like phase a normal person he took like a champ and he was just like oh well we gotta keep Something going like we might as well keep going <laughs> like if we've already gone this far if i watch this movie enough and it grows on me like the classic it is easy five out of five anything Okay, time, very cool. Um, I am not gonna go as high. I'm gonna kind
2: of match John's three and a half out of five. I really like this movie a lot. I just thought it was so much fun. um, but this brings Absolutely. us to the part of the episode. Where we announce next week's picks, and if you're listening to this right now, you can go to our Instagram story at those movie dudes and vote in the poll of what gets talked about in episode three of Spooktober. Uh, so don't miss out on that. And uh, John, you got your picks
1: loaded up, ready to go? Hot stuff. Let me see if I can remember them off the top <laughs> of my head. Yeah, I got them in my head now. To think about it. <laughs> well, uh, what uh, I don't remember what years they came out, but uh, they're older films. One of which was, I believe, 1958. It's the uh, kind of the original concept of. Uh, I think it haunting might be Fifty Nine. Fifty Nine. Well, yeah. either way, it's in the late fifties. A uh, little little black and white horror film. Uh, what is definitely it? a change of pace for me. I you heard what I just said a black uh, and I, I white did. horror film. Uh, uh, wow, <laughs> I'm surprised. But what's the movie? Haunting, uh, haunting of Hill House. Haunt? No, House on. What's Haunter the movie Hill? called? House. Okay, the House, House on, on Hunting Hill. Hill. Um yes. I, okay. And I I never know how to say the word haunting. Did I? Am I saying that correctly, Spencer? I think It's so. not haunting, it's haunted. House on Haunted Hill. But uh yeah, it's going to be that film going up against Black Christmas, another classic uh horror film from the 70s, 60s. 70s, 1973. 70s, so mm-hmm. That's neat.
2: Wow, not very mainstream boy of you, but I like to no, see maybe the mainstream different range. for the
1: time though, Spencer.
2: Very nice have two movies that I definitely need to check out. Uh two movies that I am picking. Uh one room uh one of them I have seen. But I know John hasn't, and it's very gruesome, so I definitely want to uh, hear his reactions if this wins. But it's called Hellraiser. Uh, this one is uh, its a fun movie that I definitely, I've definitely. only seen it once, so I definitely could rewatch it. And that's going to go against uh, The Exorcist 3, a movie that I heard has the scariest jump scare of all time. Uh, that's all I really know no about way. it. No way. So we'll see. We'll right, see so it's pretty wins. terrifying. We'll see which <laughs> one wins. But yeah, Exorcist 3 and hellraiser those are my picks for I'm, so yeah. I'm so excited i'm so excited for next week's
0: episode Definitely, because hellraiser is fantastic be... so for those of you who yeah. haven't seen it it's definitely one of those movies that you need to check out because it's just but you know we're gonna end up part three
1: and stuff. yeah and I'll I need see. to get, get the see. Blu-ray of Hellraiser uh, at some fix.
2: point. So if those movies sound interesting to you, vote right now. Add those movie dudes in our stories. Exactly, That'd be fantastic. Also, yep.
1: yeah, if you guys like this show, uh, you might be interested in... Well, wait, 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 John, John. Hold John. on a Shut second. Shut the fuck
2: up. Shut the front door. You're point. right, you're right. I think we're forgetting what? something. We're those movie what? dudes. We have what? one other dude. This isn't Mainstream Boy. We have one, one other dude oh. that needs... Oh, Yeah. Oh That's me! Right.
0: Ten oh, oh me! Price. Oh, uh, you guys would think I've written this on like post-it notes all around my room, and like you'd think it's I'd remember this every once in a while. Part of
1: the podcast, yeah, I'm you know the I'm the literal I'm... worst part of the podcast right here. This I'm, moment I, I
0: to to be honest, this is the part that I look forward to. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so one movie that I'm picking, I believe it's from either the late 50s or the early 60s. is lost before, but the Lost Boys, no. But that's a good movie, but I'm going with the French film Diabolique because I have seen some other YouTubers who collect criterions who have said that this is like one of the best foreign horror films ever. So I'm really excited to check it out if it wins. But the one that I'm putting it up against has got 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's going to be kind of hard to beat. I'm going black and white as well um actually dial is as well but this movie and, like
1: cookies you guys ever eat those back uh, in the day
0: i have but this is my time to talk um so my movie <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> <love> um <laughs> so my movie it's just basically called the old dark house Ooh, that's silly. all it's called yeah okay. black and white and it's oh it's directed by dark james house. whale
2: Wow, who directed
0: Frankenstein? And you know that movie, oh, Gods and Monsters. That movie that yeah,
1: exactly. Gods and Monsters, and Bill Condon, week. <laughs> yeah, is Brendan Fraser in this movie? He is. No. He plays a waiter. But why? If you're watching, if you're looking at the stories, just vote. Don't. If you scroll through our stories and don't vote, I don't even care if you don't know what the movies are. That My promotes laziness. That yeah, promotes laziness. lazy. It's you just could... one extra click to help us make our podcast think of it as you
0: helping us which will make you feel good which will essentially make your day better
1: do you want to yeah. make your
0: day shittier i don't think do you want to so. be a
1: selfish human being if you don't wear a mask, don't vote on our fucking polls. By the way. Okay, okay, <laughs> but we're do, being, okay, we're oh being God, a little please.
0: abusive right now. Um, I was just no, kidding, but John's yeah, you. John's being serious. So I feel like we might have to cut this short.
1: Oh, I'm I'm underwater. Uh, we're breaking I'm up over up, up, up. here. Sorry, it's a fucking Wi-Fi podcast. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's uh. That's that's pretty much it for this week. But I do want to let you guys know if you don't already. If you do watch, yeah, mainstream boy, mainstream blah blah boy, blah, blah. An no, audio a crap. thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. Well, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> no, I'm just never kidding. mind. <laughs> uh, we do have a few special episodes coming up this week. I don't know what we're watching this week for the normal episode, but we do have a few bonus episodes where we'll be watch uh, watching all of the Blumhouse Amazon Prime films. Yay. We have Evil Eye Nocturne. The lie Whoa. and oh my fucking god! I'm in genuine shock, but I didn't like jump Nate. or anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there he goes. It's fucking crazy, oh right? my god, dude! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <wear> That's <laughs> fucking annoying. Yes.
0: No. Do you think we should sign off? I-, I feel like we're leaving them like hanging out to dry.
1: You think people are still listening? I think someone's gonna edit this part out. I Brooke's don't know, because we didn't do the toodles
0: dudes. or anything. And so I was just like... I still need to talk about Mainstream Boy. Nah, and that can
2: get cut
1: out.
0: In
2: a very uh, pivotal moment. Really? Okay, did anyone, can anyone just answer if I scared you? You
1: didn't scare yes, me. Yes, you did. I was not genuinely me. freaked out. I just didn't move. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised. If anything, I was surprised. I'll give you that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's Brooke, Oofed
0: remember over. that time
1: we played Fortnite and you outlived me? Yeah. Um. But anyways, yeah, Uh. if you guys do like this podcast, we also have Mainstream Boy, and we've had 13, 13 weeks in a row, we've had an episode of Mainstream Boy come out, me and Spencer, sitting down, talking about mainstream movies, coming out on Netflix. But we do have a lot of Amazon Prime original Blumhouse films coming up, where we're going to have a full episode, a bonus episode, talking about Evil Eye, The Lie, Nocturne, and Black Box. So if you're into City Sweeney, Joey Ken especially, if you liked our uh, Kissing Booth episode, fucking watch it, man
2: please don't um yeah
1: please like i'm so yeah.
0: waiting for the theater to open up so i can just go. instead not happen. spend no, the same amount
2: bad. of time and watch the uh haunting of blind manor you're gonna have a much better time watching that one just because that's another we're all episode. a part of
1: the same podcast just fucking promote it with them. <laughs> fucking and and hey, if you guys hey, would I like care to about watch our viewers, waste their time
0: if you guys would like we, to watch i sat
1: down to watch four movies you're gonna tell them not to listen fucking dick
2: <laughs> vote in our polls make sure you follow us uh on apple podcasts spotify podbean and stitcher for all your android now users. Uh, right now, now. I- i've checked At the those...
1: statistics and nobody uses stitcher that's nobody. not true whatsoever not
2: i can t- i will send you proof and I will post it. <laughs> we have
0: one
1: Make Stitcher an user. actual post on Instagram. Um, hey, if I that one you.
0: person is entertained by yeah. our
1: podcast, I will do this till the day I die. Exactly. <laughs> if you're listening to Just this for and you do listen on Stitcher, please, please, for the love of God, comment on our Instagram and tell us who, who you are. Because that would yeah. be hilarious. That would be awesome. And I would respect you. as you I will send I'd you a personally
0: it. signed white Adidas sock with my wow. signature. <laughs> that's something used. used. I don't know if used. you want, but... um. Yeah, that's it
2: for Use. me. Thank you for uh listening and uh toodles.